You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, that is so fun watching that and seeing some of you guys in those pictures and uh, me and my different versions. I got wider and thinner and uh, just so, so thankful that you guys are here on July 4th. This is usually a weekend where everybody takes off, but you guys are here and we just love you and appreciate you. And uh, I want Karen to stand up. This is my uh, love of my life, Karen. I am fully aware the church would have got rid of me years ago if it wasn't for Karen. And everybody loves Karen so much. She's just so amazing. I want to say hello to the Fenwick Island campus. We love you guys. Give Fenwick Island a big hand. Thank you for being with us today. I got the privilege of preaching in Fenwick Island last Sunday, and it was absolutely amazing. So we're just so, so excited about them. So we got some other things to do today. At the end of uh, my message, we'll do some more celebrating. But I wanted to bring, uh, you know, we're breaking off from our normal series, Crazy Church People, to talk a little bit about our anniversary. And I wanted to have a message, particularly for us as we come to this point, 40 years for this campus 10 years for the Rehoboth campus, and one year for Fenwick Island. So I want to take a text from the uh, book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy, uh, conservative scholars believe, was written by Moses. He wrote the, uh, the first five books of the Bible and compiled all the information. There, of course, was editors that put it all together. But at the end of Deuteronomy, the uh, text skips to the third person talking about Moses, and here's what it says. Deuteronomy 34, 7, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. And then it says in, uh, this is the NLT, the New Living Translation, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear, and he was strong as ever. And then the ESV says Moses is 120 years old. His eyes were undimmed and his vigor unabated. I like that, vigor unabated. This is a really, really cool text when I think about Moses. You think about everything that Moses accomplished in his career. Moses, of course, was the liberator, liberated the folks out of Egypt after they were there for 430 years. He went there and performed incredible miracles, 10 specific signs that he did. Whenever there's a redemptive move in history, when God is doing something really, really that's connected with redemption, there's always miracles. And that we see that in the life of Jesus and the life of Moses as well. And Moses did these 10 miracles, and he delivered all of those folks out of Egypt from their bondage there. So that was the first thing in his career. The second thing, of course, is he led them across the Red Sea, the biggest miracle in the Old Testament leading the children of Israel across the Red Sea as the Egyptian army was in hot pursuit against them. And so that's the second thing he did. Then he received the Ten Commandments. Then he built the tabernacle. And then for 40 years he was faithful to guide and lead the children of Israel across the wilderness. And then we come to the end of his life. 
the end of his life. He's on Mount Pisgah. He's, in, uh, he's on Mount Nebo, actually. That's a part of the, the uh, actually, specifically Mount Pisgah. And he's there in Moab looking into the promised land, and he's about ready to die. And the commentator says these two things about Moses. At the end of his life, 120 years old, yet his eyes were not dim. He did not lose his vision as he got older. And because he had vision, he had strength. Vision and strength and energy always go together. When you have vision, you have strength and you have energy. So it says that about Moses. I don't know how your eyes are. My eyes, as I've gotten older, are you know, not what they used to be. Uh, I'm, I wear glasses, and I, I mean, I don't see really well. In fact, I've got some type of little thing going on in my eyes that I go to see a specialist a couple times a year, and, and my eyesight is not really good. And so they have this, uh, they're watching my eyes, and they do all these little x-rays of my eyes. And uh, so it wasn't too long ago I had to go get my license renewed at the DMV. And so the eye doctor was a little worried about me. He said, listen, if you fail the test, no worries. We know you can see good enough to drive. You're sort of like Mr. Magoo, if you know who Mr. Magoo is. But you can drive, and we'll have a letter if you don't pass the test. But I wanted to pass the test, so I go to the DMV, and I'm sitting there, you know, getting ready to go. And they call my number, and I go up there, and there's a guy there, and he has me stick my head in that little, little hood there where you look in, you read the, the lines. And he said, I want you to read from left to right. I want you to read from left to right. And that was what I was going to do. But somehow when he said that, it made me think I was supposed to read from right to left. And I was a little nervous to start with because I didn't want to fail the test. And I was like really amped up. And so I was a little worried about it. And so he said, read from left to right. So I read from right to left. And uh, I got done, thought I did pretty good. And uh, he said, you know, I, I don't know what's wrong. That was really bad. You need to try that again. So I tried it again from right to left again and got them all wrong, and it really wasn't good. And then he said, I don't know what's going on here. And then he figured out that I was reading from the wrong direction. So I read them from left to right like I was supposed to do, and you have to have a certain number of letters right, and I was one letter short, and he said, that last line, that last letter is not a Q. And so I guessed it was an O, and so I passed. That's how I passed. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if you see me, on the side, if you see me coming toward you on the highway, you probably should pull over to the side. <laughs> but my eyes have gotten not as good. They've gotten weaker since I've gotten older. And I think what happens with organizations and churches is when you get older, the vision dims. You lose vision as the years pass. But it says of Moses that he did not his eyes were not dim, and he did not lose his vision even though he got older. Now, it's important for us at Bayshore that we continue to have vision. We continue to have clear vision even though the decades pass and we get older because traditionally what happens to churches, as they get established and as they get older, what happens to churches is they lose their vision and they get into maintaining, sort of taking care of what they have, sort of making their budget, sort of just trying to make it through. But whenever you lose vision, you lose strength and you lose energy. We have a lot of, a lot of times at Bayshore, we talk about energy. And we talk about, hey, that service had a lot of energy. 
or that meeting had a lot of energy, or, you know, uh, that department, boy, there's so much energy in that department. Last uh, Sunday, as I mentioned, I was down at Fenwick Island, and I got to preach at that campus, and it was just so incredible. A lot of people there. The auditorium looked like it was full. Uh, there was a few seats that were empty, but it was just such a great service. Uh, Joel and Brigitte Canfield and Diane led worship, and Josh on the drums. It was incredible worship. There was, there was a sense of community there. People were talking. They didn't want to leave. And when I got to preach, it was so easy to preach, and there was so much energy there. And the reason that there's energy at the Fenwick Island campus is because that group of people that I'm talking to right now on the camera, that group of people has a vision to invite their friends to that church so that they can win that growing part of the community to the Lord. And it was so incredible to see not just the people that came from Millsboro to help plant that church, but all the new people that I'd never met before that are at that campus. And so where there is vision, there is energy. Say it with me. Where there is vision, there is energy. You know, if you like have a vision for your life and you've got desires for your life and you got you want to get through school, it may be hard, it may be difficult. You've got a vision to start a business and that vision is is just in your heart deeply. It doesn't matter how hard it is, because you have vision, you will have energy to do what you need to do. Vision and energy always go together. Bayshore has to always have vision. We haven't arrived. We haven't like got to the summit. There's so much more for us to do yet. And we have so many young uh, ministers in our organization now, young guys that are learning to preach, young guys that are growing up in the faith. And we have these guys that are coming in. There's going to be an incredible future for Bayshore. Bayshore's uh, beginning is, uh, Bayshore's just beginning and we have so much more yet to do. Can you say a big amen this morning? So my question is, when we talk about vision and we talk about energy, uh, here's the question. Should we look back or should we look forward? Should we look back or should we look forward? Now the answer to that is yes, we should look back. Today, we have been uh, reminiscing, we've been nostalgic We've been thinking about what God has done. We looked at that video a few minutes ago, and we watched the, the progress of Bayshore. When we used to have choirs and different things we did, we've evolved as the Lord has led us. But, you know, is it appropriate to look back? Now, I think it is. I think it's very important for an organization to look back and think about what God has done in the past. And here's why we look back. We look back to see God's faithfulness so we'll have faith for the future. We look back to see God's faithfulness so that we'll have faith for the future. That's why you look back. And when I look at these videos, I have so many memories. And uh, one of the memories is, you know, the, uh, the burning of the mortgage. There's a picture of the burning of the mortgage in 1988. There's a picture of this. And this is what, 1988, 1988 I remember that Sunday so well, we had a, a, a pot, a clay pot that had fire in it, and we burned the note because we paid off the mortgage. When I came here in 1981, the church had a big mortgage, that first building, and it was a big mortgage for this church, small church, in, in 1981, and, here, and here's the deal. Uh, there was about, our offering was about $300 to $500 a week 
in, when I first got here, $300 to $500 a week. In fact, when I was candidating for the church, they used to have one of those little boards they put on the wall that told you how many people came and how much the offering was. When I was candidating, they hid that in the back room so I didn't see it. Because they were, there was a, not a lot of people coming, and there was a $300 to $500 a week. And here's how they made the mortgage. About three or four times a year, they would have chicken dinners at the fire hall down the road, and everybody would roll up their sleeves, and they would have chicken dinners, and they would have these chicken dinners, and they would take the money from those chicken dinners, and they would pay the mortgage, and that's how they got through. And so I I came into that, and my first controversial thing that I did was to challenge the chicken dinner theory. And it uh, wasn't really the first thing I challenged it with. The first thing was the softball team chewing, uh, chewing tobacco. And uh, I made a big deal out of that, which I wish I had them. If I had to do it all over again, I would have bought them chewing tobacco. That's what I would do probably. <laughs> but I decided that I felt like, you know what? I don't believe the church should be selling chicken dinners to make its budget. And so what I did was I, I thought, you know, I, I talked to Karen about it. And Karen said, I think you ought to be chicken about challenging the chicken dinners. That's what she said. So I said, you know, I said to the, the board, I said to the, the church, I said, you know, I think we're going to stop having chicken dinners. And we're going to ha- stop having chicken dinners because we need to learn to give and tithe as a congregation to pay for the mortgage so that we're committed to the church and that we're serving the community. We're not trying to get things from the community. We're not trying to get the community to pay for our bills. We want to serve the community. So I changed the paradigm, and that was really, really controversial. And what they said to me was, we're never going to be able to make it, Pastor Danny. We're never going to be able to pay our mortgage if we don't have chicken dinners. And I remember that. It was, uh, I remember after we, we squashed the chicken dinner issue, uh, thinking about, oh my gosh, are we going to make it? But I'll tell you what happened. As we began to teach about giving, about tithing, about people being faithful, about people being committed to the church, people started giving. God started sending people that, that had a vision for the church to not take from the community but serve the community. As we began to teach that and as people began to buy into that, all of a sudden the income began to climb up and we went to $2,000 a week and then $2,500 a week and the, and the ties began to climb. And so in seven years, we were able to pay off the mortgage that they thought we could never pay off. And so the day that we burnt that, that mortgage, that, 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 uh, the title there, the, the bill, the, the lien there, as we, as we burnt that, all of a sudden there was faith that was born in our church. So when we built this building a few, few years later, it cost $650,000 to build this building. And when we came into this building, some of you were a part of that process when we came into this building, this building, everybody had faith. They saw God's faithfulness because as they saw God's faithfulness in the past, they had faith for the future. So say that with me. Seeing the past gives you faith for the future. If God has been faithful yesterday, he'll be faithful in the future. So when we walk in that sense of, of when we look back, we think about what God has done, how God has been faithful, how God has taken care of us, how God has supplied for us, how God has been faithful time and time again. We look back for the purpose to see God's faithfulness. As we look back to see God's faithfulness, it gives us faith to move into the future. So that's what, why we look back. You think about uh, 
David killing Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, he, David comes to visit his brothers and they're in the battlefield. And remember what Saul said to David. David volunteered to go against Goliath. And, and Saul said to David, you cannot go against the giant because you're but a youth. And Saul told him he could not do it. And he said, here's what, here's what David's rebuttal was to Saul. He said, I've been tending my father's sheep. And when a bear comes or a lion comes to attack the sheep, the Lord helps me to kill the bear and the lion, and Goliath will be like the bear and the lion. So David knew that he looked back and saw God's faithfulness, how God helped him in the past, and because he knew God helped him in the past, it gave him confidence to do what he needed to do in the future. So that's how how it works. So we look back. To see God's faithfulness. So is it appropriate to look back? Absolutely. It's appropriate to look back and to celebrate how God has been faithful. But we look back for the purpose of looking forward with faith. Now when we look forward as Bashor, uh, what do we see? What do we see when we look forward? What do we see? What is it that we see when we look to the next 10 years? What do we see? Here's what we see. When we look into the future, we see people. We see people. Bayshore is about helping people. A couple came up to me this morning, that uh, Don and Connie that are here. And Connie put her arm around me and she said, this Bayshore has changed our life. They came to church when Don had had a stroke and they, didn't, they were thinking about their future. They think about eternity and they came to Bayshore, and they met Jesus, and they were coming here serving, and God's changed their life. When we think about our future, we think about people. People are in our future. We had a guy here one time by the name of uh, uh, Sam Smucker. He came and did a little uh, fundraising thing for us, actually, and he was here, and Sam Smucker, uh, he told this little story, this little example that I, I've never forgotten. He said, he said, just imagine... If you had a laser gun, and you could put that laser gun in front of anybody's forehead, and when you put that laser in front of their forehead, you can see what they're thinking. You can see what they're thinking. He said, what would happen if you put that laser gun in front of the head of Jesus? What would that laser gun tell you that he's thinking about? And Sam Smucker said, it would say that he's thinking about people. People. Jesus cares about people. Bayshore cares about people. We want to help people to grow in their faith, to meet Jesus, to grow in their faith and become more and more like Jesus. That's exactly what we're about. We're about people, God changing people and changing people and making people uh, different and transforming their lives and making them different. And that's what we are designed to do. Uh, Back 40 years ago, the same time we got started as a church. Forty years ago, in, uh, in Newark, Delaware, in the University of Delaware, there was a young girl, a young girl that was a partier. I mean, she was a wild thing. She was a partier. She, uh, she did not know Jesus. She went to all the parties. She went to everything that was going on at the UD campus, and she did not know Jesus. But somebody from the Campus Crusade for Christ invited her to a meeting. And she went to a meeting and she heard the gospel for the first time. 
And this young 20-year-old girl heard the gospel, heard about Jesus, and then that same group of Campus Crusade for uh, Christ people invited this young girl to go to a, a movie, a Billy Graham movie. And in the Billy Graham movie at the theater, there was a clear invitation to receive Jesus, and she heard the gospel the second time. A few days later, there was a knock on her dorm room door, and the, she opened the door, and there were two girls from the Campus Crusade for Christ, and they sat with her on the edge of the bed, and they went through uh, the Four Spiritual Laws by Bill Bright and talked to her about the gospel. And this young girl, this young girl 40 years ago, 40 years ago, the same time that Bayshore started, 40 years ago, this young girl accepted Jesus and invited Jesus to be Lord of her life. She started going to church, another church in Newark. There she met uh, her husband-to-be, a young guy that used to be an atheist by the name of Tom. And uh, there is Tom and Jody Moreau. And Jody Moreau, 40 years ago, 40 years ago, the same time this church started, she found Jesus and accepted Jesus. And here's the thing about Jody. Jody really represents what Bayshore is trying to do. Jody didn't just get saved and just meet the Lord and just that was it. But Jody, when she met the Lord, she started growing in her faith. She started serving the Lord. She got involved in the local church. She went to the local church consistently. She went every Sunday. Her and Tom met each other. They went to church regularly. They were consistent. She got in Bible studies. She started studying the Word. She learned to serve. And now Jody Monroe, 40 years later, has grown up in the Lord. She loves the Bible. She's here every Sunday. She loves Scripture. She loves the, particularly the Old Testament and, and the book of Isaiah. And Jody represents what we're trying to do. Because our organization and Bayshore is not about just getting people. We were interviewing a guy one time for a staff position and talking to him about philosophy. And he said, my big passion in life is to get people to cross the finish line and receive the Lord. And boy, I love to see people come to Jesus and meet the Lord. But in my vision that we have for Bayshore, our vision is not get, to get people to cross the starting line or the finish line where it's their salvation. When they cross that line, it's the starting line, the starting line of their growth. They're going to they're gonna get in a small group. They're going to study Scripture. They're going to be faithful. They're going to serve. They're going to be involved. They're going to grow in their faith. And so Jody Monroe, her faith and her journey represents what we're trying to do. So it's not just about people getting saved and coming to Christ. And there's so many churches where we just see people, you know, they come forward, they sign a card, they get saved, and then they kind of fade away into the community. But our vision is to get people to make Jesus the Lord of their life and to begin to grow in their faith and to begin to grow and become more and more like Jesus. we got some other pictures of Jody when she first met the Lord. I think you've got a couple pictures there that maybe you've already shown them, but just really cool to see what the Lord's done in Jody. There's Jody Monroe uh, 40 years ago, and uh, there she is. And so aren't you grateful that God changed Jody's life? Aren't you grateful for that? So our vision is to, to love people, to teach people the word, to help them to grow, 
to help them to be transformed, to become more and more like Jesus. How many are still growing in your faith? You're still growing. Some of you come every Sunday, people that are watching online. I just did a wedding uh, on Friday night, and the guy that was doing the music uh, he said, uh, boy, I just, I'm a part of the online campus. And, I, and, he, and uh, you know, sometimes people say that, and I wonder if they really listen. So he started telling me about last week's sermon. So he's, he's watching all the time, and uh, he's growing in his faith. And uh, so just say this with me. My, my faith journey is just beginning. I want to grow and become more and more like Jesus. That's that's our vision. That's what we want to do. So should we look back? We should look back. We should see God's faithfulness so that we have faith to move into the future. And as we look into the future, what are we looking for? We're looking for people that God wants us to help change, to become more and more like Jesus. When I was in a Bible college in Pensacola, Florida, I, uh, my senior year, um, I had to do some student ministry, and so they asked me to go to the hospital to visit this lady from the church that we attended, a uh, big church down there. And so as a senior, they told me to go give a visit to this lady, older lady that was in the, was in the church, and she was in the hospital. And they gave me a few pointers, you know, how to visit and how to, how to pray for her and how to read her some scriptures and don't stand on her breathing tube, different things, you know. Uh, and so they, they gave me some instructions. So I go see this lady, and I had my little, my little tie on, and I go in to the Baptist hospital there in Pensacola, and I go to the third or fourth floor, whatever it was, and I go into a room, and this little old gray-haired lady, I mean, she's just a little gray-haired lady, her, her face is just beaming. She's just beaming with, with uh, she just loves the Lord. And she's in the hospital, she's got tubes on her, she's just, but she just loves the Lord. And she got talking to me and she said, you know, honey, what's your, she said, honey, what is your favorite chapter in the Bible? And I said, oh, I, I think Romans 8, I love Romans 8. She said, my favorite chapter in the Bible is Acts 29. My favorite chapter is Acts 29. And I'm, you know, I'm a senior, so I know something about the Bible. And so I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, yeah, Acts 29. That's where uh, Paul was shipwrecked on his way to Rome, and he ended up in Rome, and he met with those people. And she said, honey, she said, Acts only has 28 chapters. <laughs> Acts only has 28 chapters. She says, the reason I love Acts 29 is because that's what the Holy Spirit and what God is doing now. The reason I love Acts 29 is because that is what God is doing now. How am I grateful that we are an Acts 29 church, that God is still doing great things in our church. We thank the Lord for the incredible past, but we are excited about looking into the future. Would you lift your hands with me now and say, Lord, just make Bayshore an Acts 29 church. Make us a church where we are seeing your grace and your power move in a great way. We thank you, Lord, that what you're doing in our future will even eclipse the wonderful things you've done in the past. 
We thank you for blessing us in so many ways. And we thank you for these new campuses that you've given us. We thank you for Rehoboth. We thank you for the team down there that's so faithfully leading. We thank you for the Fenwick Island campus and for the great leaders in that campus. And we thank you, Father, for what you've done in this campus over the years. And we just celebrate that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.